اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم So in the previous verses we learned about the obligation of fasting and what to do in a situation where a person is not able to fast. Now in this verse we learn about the manner of fasting. How is a person supposed to fast? Now you all know that when a person is fasting basically from the time of fajr until the time of sunset you refrain from food and drink as well as any sexual relations that is of course between spouses. But in the night time, remember that in the month of Ramadan, this is something permissible. You can eat, you can drink, you can have sexual relations. And this is of course within a husband and wife. So here this verse makes it clear. Because remember that at the beginning, the rule was such that if a person, and this is something that you will appreciate a lot. At the beginning, the rule was such that if a person broke their fast at Maghrib, and then they prayed Isha, and then they fell asleep, And let's say they woke up sometime in the night and they were hungry. Were they allowed to eat? No. Even if Fajr was still an hour or two away? No. The rule was at the beginning that once you sleep in the night, then there's no more eating and drinking until the fast is over. All right? Now what happened was that one companion, this is mentioned in your book, Qais radiallahu anhu, he fasted all day. He went home to break his fast. He asked his wife, is there any food? And she said, no, but I can go find something for you. So she went looking for food. And finally, when she came back, she found him sleeping. He fell asleep. And that's something very normal. When you're hungry, when you're tired, what happens? If you're waiting, you're going to fall asleep. So he fell asleep. And then when she came home, she found him sleeping. She's like, you're done. And really, he was done. Because what happened is he was not able to eat again. And then the next day began, he was fasting. And then in the middle of the day, he fainted. So at the beginning, the rules of fasting were actually very strict. What were the rules? That if you fell asleep in the night, that's it. Your fast begins. Okay? So even two hours before suhoor, if you woke up, you cannot eat. The rule was once you fall asleep, then your next fast begins. Once you fall asleep in the night, your next fast begins. And there was also some confusion. People were hesitant, asking questions, seeking clarity, because this was you know, an issue that people are not really 100% comfortable discussing. So they knew that while fasting, okay, sexual relations between a husband and wife, not okay. But during the night, if they fell asleep, then what? Then are they allowed? Are they not allowed? So there was a little confusion. And you can understand, you know, people are hesitant, seeking clarity about these issues. And this teaches us the importance of learning about these issues. So these verses were revealed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أُحِلَّ لَكُمْ It has been made lawful for you لَيْلَةَ الصِّيَامِ During the night of the fasts. So during the night of the fasts, of the fasting, meaning in the month of Ramadan, or any other time of the year when you're fasting, in the night time, أَرَّفَثُ إِلَى نِسَائِكُمْ This is something permissible. Now what is أَرَّفَثُ إِلَى نِسَائِكُمْ أَرَّفَثُ is from the root letters رَفَثَ And رَفَثُ is basically to indulge in the satisfaction of sexual desire. Alright, this is sexual contact. And uh, this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is permissible for you in the night of Ramadan. Why is this permissible? Because hunna, they, meaning your spouse, your wife, is libasul lakum, is a garment for you. Libas is clothing, what you wear. 
and you are a garment for them. The thing is that as human beings, we need our clothes, isn't it? Clothing serves many purposes. It has many functions. It's a source of beauty, it protects you from heat, from cold, whatever. But first and foremost, clothing is a necessity. You need clothes, right? You need clothes. You're not born with clothes. You need them. You cannot do without them. It's a basic necessity. So here, the relationship between a husband and wife is described as clothing. Meaning a husband is like clothing for his wife and a wife is like clothing for her husband. Meaning a husband needs his wife and a wife needs her husband. All right? And this is why in the night of Ramadan, sexual contact between husband and wife is something permissible. And if this was impermissible, then this would be very, very difficult for people. Now, before we continue, what we learn over here is that sexual fulfillment, this is something that's part of being human. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created many needs within us. We have the need to eat, we have the need to drink, we have the need to socialize, and there is also the need of sexual fulfillment. But here we see that there is a boundary that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set. And what is that? That this is only within the relationship of a husband and wife. A wife is a garment for her husband, and the husband is the garment for the wife. If you notice, it's not just anybody. Which means that sexual fulfillment is only where? In marriage, not outside of marriage. And this is something we need to understand, remember, and we need to accept this fact that this is within marriage. It's a responsibility, yes, where there is enjoyment in it, but it also comes with responsibility and with its limits. So no matter how acceptable it may be within our culture, or within the place that we live, to just go sleep with anybody and have relations with anybody and enjoy yourself in front of a computer screen or whatever, this is not okay. I'm sorry for being blunt, but we have to be careful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through fasting teaches us that we cannot eat anything, drink anything whenever we want. You control yourself. So even when it comes to sexual fulfillment, you don't just go and have fun wherever and whenever and with whoever that you want. You're a human being, and so you're going to be different from animals. You are a servant of Allah, so you're going to stay within the limits, the boundaries that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set for you. So no matter how acceptable it may be, within your culture, within your friends, within your social circle, that people are, you know, sitting next to each other, smooching, whatever, you know, they're touching each other easily, sleeping with each other. It's not okay for Muslims to do that. This is permissible within marriage and marriage only. Marriage and marriage only. Hunna libasullakum wa antum libasullahunna. And you see the equality over here. That where the husband needs the wife, the wife also needs the husband. The husband is like clothing for his wife. The wife is also clothing for her husband. You see equality over here. There is nothing. Sexual aggression, unfortunately, is something that's very common within men. 
and it can be very violent and it can be very demeaning and we see here equality that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala establishes between the husband and the wife then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says alim allahu annakum kuntum takhtanuna anfusakum Allah knows that you were deceiving yourselves takhtanuna is from khiyana what does khiyana mean to deceive meaning you were entrusted with their responsibility and you didn't really fulfill it properly you were asked to do something or not do something and you didn't really do things right this is khiyana so allah knows that you were deceiving yourselves what is this referring to this is referring to how when sometimes if a person would fall asleep remember the initial rules of fasting were slightly more strict so if a person would fall asleep and then they woke up in the night and they had relations with their spouse and they said to themselves it's okay all right this is the khiyana when you know you might be doing something wrong and you tell yourself it's okay don't think about it it'll be fine allah ghafurur rahim everybody does it come on it's not a big deal this is a justification that we give to ourselves when doing something wrong what's that justification it's okay everybody does it it's not a big deal come on allah knows when you are deceiving yourself no matter how much you justify it to yourself allah knows you're deceiving yourself and the first thing this teaches us is that when we do something wrong we are actually deceiving who ourselves not other people not allah we're actually deceiving ourselves and other people might have no idea about what we're doing we are crossing the limits that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set we may be disobeying allah and it's a very private matter it's something that's happening on our phone it's something that's happening in our private life that other people have no idea about but who is fully aware of it who is allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and you see this is what fasting teaches us that even when you're alone you develop this realization that allah knows what i'm doing which is why when you're fasting you're not eating you're not drinking even at school and your friends are like it's okay your mom's not here your dad's not here nobody's going to know just eat the sandwich man come on i just like no if i eat it my fast is gone and this fast i'm keeping for allah isn't it so fasting makes you realize this khiyana so alim allahu annakum kuntum takhtanuna anfusakum fataba alaykum so allah has turned in mercy towards you meaning now he's made the rule easy for you wa afa ankum and he has pardoned you he has forgiven you for what for your khiyana so now what's the ease remember initially rules were difficult so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says fal ana bashiruhunna so now in the night time all night long basically you are allowed to eat you're allowed to drink you know a husband and wife are allowed to have sexual relations so that permission is given here fal ana bashiruhunna bashiruhunna is from bashira and bashara is basically human skin and this is a nicer way of or a discreet way of referring to sexual intercourse وَابْتَغُوا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ And seek what Allah has decreed for you. So this ayah makes it permissible. And here, وَابْتَغُوا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ Seek what Allah has decreed for you. 
And what does this mean? This means two things. Of course, on the one hand, children. And on the other hand, مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ also refers to reward. Okay? We learn in a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that, you know, he mentioned several things, and amongst the things that he mentioned was also that even when a husband and wife are intimate with each other, even in that there is reward. So the Sahaba were like, what? There's reward in this? And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes, because if you were to do this the wrong way, would there be sin? And they said, of course there would be sin. So he said, when you do it the right way, there is reward in that. So, وَابْتَغُوا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ This teaches us that when you enjoy something halal, when you use something that Allah has allowed for you, and you use it, you enjoy it the right way, whether it is money, or it is food, or it is your car, whatever blessing Allah has given you, you use it the right way, you enjoy it the right way, even in that enjoyment, there is ajr. So, your life, as a Muslim, is not a waste. You're not depriving yourself. Okay? Because sometimes shaitan puts this thought in our heart that, oh, I'm a Muslim, there's so many rules, I'm so deprived. No, you're not deprived. Okay? Because even when you do things the right way, you actually get ajr. Allah will reward you for it. And this is something we should remember. This world, this dunya, this life is not the home of enjoyment. This is not the home of reward. This is a place of effort. It's not the place of results. The result is where? In the hereafter. So even for your effort, which is in the right way, whatever that effort may be, eating food with bismillah, for husband and wife, sexual relations, even in that there is reward. So وَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا And eat and drink حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمْ Until it becomes clear to you. So three things are allowed in the night, mentioned very clearly over here. So in the night, enjoy all of these blessings. Until when? Until something becomes clear to you. What becomes clear to you? الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضِ Min from الْخَيْطِ aswad. Now the question is, what is this الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضِ? الْخَيْط, خَيْط means thread, string. أَبْيَضْ of course means white. So the white thread becomes clear مِنَ الْخَيْطِ aswad From the khayt which is aswad. Again, khayt means thread and aswad means black. What does it mean by this? The white thread becomes clear from the black thread. Now some people actually took this literally. So we learn about some narrations in which we learn that some sahaba literally they tied up a white and a black thread to their leg. All right, And they kept checking it in the night to their leg so that they wouldn't lose it in their bed somewhere. And they kept checking it through the night to see if they could tell them apart. Another one, you know, he put a white and a black thread under his pillow so that he wouldn't lose it. And every now and then he would check if he could tell them apart. All right. And then they were just confused. So they went to the Prophet ﷺ and they're like, what does this mean? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed min al-fajr. And the Prophet ﷺ then explained to them that this is referring to the time of fajr. Alright, the time of daybreak. And the white thread is referring to the white line that you see in the horizon. And the black thread is referring to the blackness that you see in the horizon. Basically the night sky, but as the time of Fajr comes, you see a white line. Okay, you see a white line. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen it, 
Unfortunately, we're surrounded by so many buildings. But if you live in an apartment or if you've ever been to a place like this, at the time of Fajr, if you look outside, this is what you will see. A white line appear in the sky. So basically, this is referring to the end of the night, when the fast begins. ثُمَّ أَتِمُّ الصِّيَامَ إِلَى اللَّيْلِ Then you begin the fast and you complete the fast, meaning all day long now, you're not going to eat, you're not going to drink. For husband and wife, there's no intimate relations. Until when? إِلَى اللَّيْلِ Until the night. And again, the night refers to the sunset. So clear with regards to fasting, what are the limitations of the day? You're supposed to refrain from certain things. What are the allowances of the night? There is no limitations in the night. All night long. And so this is the manner of fasting. Now, what about irtikaf? Are you familiar with irtikaf? Irtikaf is basically to stay in the masjid for the last 10 nights and days in the middle also. So remember that irtikaf has more rules. Okay? In irtikaf, yes, a person is fasting. But in irtikaf, a person is also not going home. Isn't it so? Has anybody done irtikaf here? Okay, mashallah. I see one person. By the way, in Al-Huda, alhamdulillah, every year, we do have irtikaf for men and for women. Okay? So if you're interested, make sure that you apply on time. Maybe you've been to the masjid in the end of Ramadan and you see cubicles or curtains or beds or like weird things in the masjid. You're like, why are people staying over? Yes, they are staying over in the masjid for irtikaf. Because you don't go home in irtikaf. Okay? So... One more rule for irtikaf that we learn here is that وَلَا تُبَاشِرُوهُنَّ وَأَنْتُمْ عَاكِفُونَ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ Akifun is a plural of akif. Akif is a person who is doing irtikaf. And it's from the root ayn kafa. And akafa is basically to devotedly stay in one place for worship. And this is why irtikaf is called irtikaf because you just stay in the masjid for worship. You don't go to work. You don't go home. You don't go shopping. No, you stay in the masjid continuously until Eid. So here another rule of irtikaf is given that وَلَا تُبَاشِرُهُنَّ وَأَنْتُمْ عَاكِفُونَ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ Masajid is the plural of masjid. Okay? Masjid is of course masjid. So here what is mentioned is that during irtikaf, people who are doing irtikaf are not allowed to have relations with their spouse. Okay? Because in irtikaf, they're supposed to stay in the masjid for those 10 days and nights. So in irtikaf, there's no relations with the spouse. Okay? So, وَلَا تُبَاشِرُهُنَّ وَأَنْتُمْ عَاكِفُونَ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ تِلْكَ حُدُودُ اللَّهِ فَلَا تَقْرَبُوهَا تِلْكَ حُدُودُ اللَّهِ Hudud is a plural of had. And had is a limit. Okay? Had is a limit. And limits, how do you set them or how do you show them? There's different ways depending on what kind of limits there are. Sometimes a limit is shown how? By putting up a fence. That this is private property. Do not trespass. Sometimes by putting up a wall. Sometimes by putting a door. Sometimes by putting a password. Isn't it? So that's a had. It's a limit. And when there is a limit set somewhere, what does it mean? Like if somebody's got a passcode on their phone, what does it mean? Try to unlock it and then, you know, fail all those times and then their phone is 
disabled for a good five minutes and then ten minutes and then longer and longer. Is that what you're supposed to do? What does a passcode mean? None of your business. Right? What does offense mean? Jump over it. Try to climb over it. Is that what a wall means? No. It means stay out. So this is the purpose of a had. Now, the prohibitions that Allah has given us, the rules that Allah has given us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls them hudud. And then He says, فَلَا تَقْرَبُوهَا So don't even come near them. لَا تَقْرَبُوا تَقْرَبُوا from قُرْب To be near. Don't even come near them. Because, you know, for example, if somebody's phone, there's a passcode, and you pick it up, first of all, it's not your phone, you shouldn't be picking it up. But if you do pick it up, and then you start guessing, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You are doing something you're not supposed to. So if it's not your phone, don't even touch it. If it says very clearly, private property, no trespassing, what does it mean? Don't go there. Because if you will go close to it, you'll be tempted to go across it. Right? فَلَا تَقْرَبُوهَا كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ آيَاتِهِ لِلنَّاسِ Thus does Allah make clear His verses for the people. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ So that they adopt taqwa. Again we're told, these rules, these limits, are not to torture you. Okay? The laws that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us are not to torture us. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to train us. The purpose is to make us better. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ So that they adopt taqwa. Now, another very important lesson. Next verse. وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ Do not consume your wealth. Amwal is a plural of mal. Mal means property or wealth. بَيْنَكُمْ Between yourselves. And what it means by أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ is that do not consume each other's wealth. Do not take each other's property. How? Bil batil. Through batil. What is batil? Have you heard of batil? Not battle. Batil is the opposite of haq. Okay? Haq means true and right. Batil means false, wrong. So don't consume each other's wealth through wrong ways. Don't do that. Well, is there a right way of taking somebody's money? Is there a right way of taking somebody's money? Of course there is. Like for example, you give them something and they give you their money. You just sold your something and they gave you the money. So you're taking their money through a legal way. Is there any other legal way of taking somebody's money? You ask them. Okay, okay, sure. You can do that too. Any other way of taking somebody's money the right way? Okay, you worked for them so they pay you, right? Okay, inheritance, taking a loan, good. So these are all legal ways of taking somebody's money. Are there wrong ways of taking other people's stuff? What are the wrong ways? Okay, stealing? Hmm... Selling something that isn't what you say it is. You say that, oh, this is original. It cost like $50, for example. It was actually 50 cents. This is what? 
scamming and you know taking people's wealth through unlawful ways okay dealing with harmful substances right selling those when it's not legal you give it and you make money go ahead okay interest you charge someone interest and that's something that Allah has not allowed okay is hacking haram hmm okay 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 relax relax let's analyze hacking huh what is hacking what do you do actually discuss it with the person sitting next to you and then tell me the answer okay does somebody have an answer okay lots of people have their answers let's listen okay guys let's listen so hacking could be right if you're trying to hack into someone who's like a criminal or you're trying to get their personal information in order to that's very interesting them. very interesting so if there is a criminal then okay but i mean for like ordinary people innocent people is that okay Um, you told us earlier about how you pick up someone's phone and you're trying to enter their password. Um, and there are different types of ways of hacking. And one way would be, you know, to hack into someone's phone um, and to look through all their information without their permission. Um, and that is, you know, it's wrong. It's illegal. Um, another way of hacking could be, you know, through bank accounts or things like that. And then in this case, you're stealing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're hacking um, in the intention that you're trying to help someone, then it's right. But if you're doing it in the intention that you want to take someone from someone, uh, something from someone, uh, information, wealth, you know, possessions, then it's wrong. Good, mashallah. Why do you need to hack in the first place? Like, why? You're trying to get something that somebody does not want to give you. Whether it is information, or it is money, or it is you know a software, whatever it is. They don't want you to have it. And if you are using some way of getting it, that's not okay. One thing I would like to mention actually, illegal downloads. I'm sorry. Stealing is stealing, whether you're stealing from Microsoft or you're stealing from, I don't know what all places there are in this world, right? Virtual places, whatever. But where you don't pay money for things that you are supposed to pay money. And then you download things illegally. Whether it is that you're watching a movie or you are getting a software, whatever it is that you're doing. It is stealing. This is stealing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ بِالْبَاطِلِ Do not use illegal ways of taking other people's wealth. You could say, well, what difference does it make to Microsoft? Well, it doesn't make a difference to them maybe, but it makes a difference to you. Your record. Your deeds. Don't worry about them. Worry about yourself. Very good point that you can't hack something to help somebody out. It's not your job. If somebody is a criminal, let the police deal with them. You stay out of it. But if like a friend comes and says, you know what, I think so-and-so is doing stuff against me, writing things against me, and I really want to take revenge. You know, they really hurt me, and I got their phone. So let's hack into it, or let's hack into their Facebook, or who uses Facebook, uh, their Snapchat, right? Or their... Uh, whatever, Instagram, and let's, you know, do something here. So can you please help me out? No, you don't help out over there. Okay? 
So, wala ta'kulu amwalakum baynakum bilbatil. Do you notice something? This verse is coming right after the details related to fasting. Why? Like seriously, we read a whole lot of verses about fasting, and now all of a sudden, don't take other people's wealth illegally. What's the connection here? What's the connection here? What do we do when we're fasting? We be good and we we don't do bad and we stay away from things that are normal. Isn't it? I mean, you don't eat, you don't drink, not a sip of water. Is water haram? Is water haram? No. Is your coffee haram? No. Is your breakfast haram? No. Is your lunch haram? No. The food in your kitchen, is it haram? No, alhamdulillah, it's not haram. But while you're fasting, you stay away from it. Why? Why do you stay away from it? Because Allah told you to. So you develop self-control. Now, the fruit of fasting, the benefit of fasting is that it's not just about Ramadan. It should affect the rest of your life also. If you can stay away from water on a hot day when you're thirsty, you can definitely stay away from what is not yours. You know, you tell yourself, I'm not going to die if I don't drink water. Right? I remember once I wanted to keep a voluntary fast and I didn't wake up for sahur. And when, in the morning when I woke up finally, I was like, okay, you know what, I'll, I'll keep a fast today. And then I was like, what if I'm thirsty? I was like, I'm not going to die. Like, come on. I'm like, I didn't have my coffee. Like, it's okay. So what? You're going to have a headache and then what? You're going to survive. So you can do without it. And that's the thing. What is not yours is not yours. And you're not going to die if you don't get it. So for example, if you really want something and you don't have the money for it, don't steal it. Don't get it through wrong ways. If you really want a software, if you really want to watch a movie, and you don't have the money to pay for it, you're not going to die if you don't watch that movie. Just hold on. A few more months, it'll be free. Right? But that's the thing. We think we're so weak. We think, oh, I need to watch it now. I need that software now. I need this thing now. What does fasting teach us? No, you don't need it. You can do without it. You can survive without it. And you're stronger than you think you are. So here, we're told, وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ بِالْبَاطِلِ Don't consume each other's wealth in wrong ways. وَتُدُلُوا بِهَا إِلَى الْحُكَّامِ And do not offer it as a bribe to the judges. Now this is a very interesting word, tudlu. Tudlu is from the root letters dal, lam, wow, dal. Okay, and dal is a bucket. You know, when there's a well, what do you do? You throw the bucket into the water, and then you pull it out. Why do you need the bucket? Because you can't reach the water yourself. Isn't it? You can't like put your hand in there and try to reach the water yourself. You can't. If you do that, you'll fall. It's beyond your reach. So you use the bucket to get what's beyond your reach. Right? Now, sometimes what happens is that there are some things which are not legally yours. Like for example, a person does not have a right to a certain property. It's not his. And in order to own that property, he has to pay for it. But that amount may be very big. Maybe beyond his 
ability. He doesn't want to spend that much money. So what does he do? He uses some of his money as a bucket, right? That he offers it to someone as a bribe. Hmm? That you take this to $3,000 and you come up with the deal, you figure out a way of getting this to me for free. This is called what? A bribe. So don't use your money to bribe judges. Hukam is a plural of hakim, judge. Okay? So don't use bribes. Again, why would a person use a bribe? To get something that's not legally theirs. To get away with a fine or something that they're supposed to pay. But how do they get away? How do they get that favor? Through money. So don't do that. لِتَأْكُلُوا فَرِيقًا مِّنْ أَمْوَالِ النَّاسِ So that you may consume a portion of the wealth of people. Meaning, that property belongs to somebody else, but you want to get it for free, and you use somebody, you bribe them, and that's how you get it for free. Well, that's not legally yours. It belongs to somebody else. And if you were to get it by bribing someone, you would get it بِالْإِسْمِ By committing a huge sin. By committing a huge sin. So don't do that. وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Well, you know. I mean, you know that bribing someone is wrong. It's not okay. I mean, everybody knows stealing is wrong. I mean, you don't need a lesson in that, that stealing is wrong. This is common sense. So offering a bribe also is wrong. And any other illegal way of getting something is false. So be careful. And don't think that you're too weak. If you can fast, if you can stay away from food and drink all day long, you can stay away from things that Allah has forbidden you from all life long also. You can do it. So stay within the limits that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set for you. Inshallah we will conclude over here. Let's listen to the recitation. أُحِلَّ لَكُمْ لَيْلَةَ الصِّيَامِ الرَّفَثُ إِلَى نِسَائِكُمْ هُنَّ لِبَاسٌ لَكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ لِبَاسٌ لَهُنَّ عَلِمَ اللَّهُ أَنَّكُمْ كُنْتُمْ تَخْتَانُونَ أَنفُسَكُمْ فَتَابَ عَلَيْكُمْ وَعَفَى عَنْكُمْ فَالْآنَ بَاشِرُوهُنَّ وَابْتَغُوا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَكُلُوا وَاشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمُ الْخَيْطُ الْأَبْيَضُ مِنَ الْخَيْطِ الْأَسْوَدِ مِنَ الْفَجْرِ ثُمَّ أَتِمُّوا الصِّيَامَ إِلَى اللَّيْلِ وَلَا تُبَاشِرُوهُنَّ وَأَنْتُمْ عَاكِفُونَ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ تِلْكَ حُدُودُ اللَّهِ فَلَا تَقْرَبُوهَا كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ آيَاتِهِ لِلنَّاسِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا أَمْوَالَكُمْ بَيْنَكُمْ بِالْبَاطِلِ وَتُدْلُوا بِهَا إِلَى الْحُكَّامِ لِتَأْكُلُوا فَرِيقًا مِنْ أَمْوَالِ النَّاسِ بِالْإِثْمِ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ 
سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته